Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today, my guest is Gracie Gillum. I had her on the show today to talk about her new film, Superhost. In Superhost, Teddy and Claire are travel vloggers who run a channel called Superhost, where they travel and share their experiences around vacation homes, and until recently, had been successful doing it. With a dwindling subscriber count, they find the perfect opportunity to create content that people want to see when they meet Rebecca, the host of their most recent trip. Slowly, they start to realize that something isn't right with Rebecca, and they investigate it further. They unlock the horrifying truth. She doesn't just want a great review. She wants something far worse. Superhost will be available on Blu-ray and DVD February 1st. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Um, I'm doing good. Good, good. Um, I'm really excited to be talking to you today um, for number of reasons. One, I loved Superhost specifically because of your performance in it. Um, but Thank you, Christopher. This is a, a weird anniversary that you play a part of that you're not aware of. Um, so about seven years ago, one of the first interviews I conducted was for Dark Summer with Paul Solette, who... Really? I, I, yes. Yeah, yeah. And oddly enough, I interviewed him yesterday for Clean. Um, so he says hello. And it was just this weird serendipitous thing of everything kind of coming around together right now. So, um, yeah, so it was really good to see kind of these things um, back to back in a way, because I went back and revisited Dark Summer um, and then to watch you in Superhost and to see just the range here between these two films and what you did here. And I'm just wondering, uh, what was it that drew you into this particular film? Um, this, this came about my, my friend Sierra McCormick, who I was in some kind of hate with, um, mm. was set to play the role of Rebecca and had a conflict with a different horror film, um, but suggested me like, like, she's like I think that Gracie could like do a role like this. And then I read the script, loved the script, watched Brandon's first two films and then, um, met with him the next day and we just talked about the script and he was like, come do the movie. <laughs> so, so I drove to yeah, <laughs> drove to Vegas. And this had to be something that was a little bit. Um, I, it's a daunting task to take on a film like this because un, unlike a lot of genre films, this is something that is heavily performance driven. And specifically, if your performance doesn't work, um, the scares in the film don't work at all because it's really hinged on um, you being able to pull this off. Was that a daunting task? Is that what made you want to do this? Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> definitely watching Brandon's first two movies where the, the bad is so, so scary, but it's mm -hmm. a supernatural thing. Um, I was like, being, like being challenged to stand up and be the scary thing and Brandon's next film is like, that's like, that's a real honor. <laughs> <laughs> and you, uh, the, the performance itself though, there's these, I, I hope that people notice this when you're, when they're watching the film, just how not straightforward this is, that you're not tipping your hat in a way that there's um, not this mustache twirling element. There's a, you're at an arm's length throughout this entire film where we never really see inside to who this person is. We know that there's something deeply wrong with this person right off the jump, mm -hmm. but then you can kind of see this thing in your eyes and these pauses and these moments where you can see you putting things together and, and kind of, reforming the facade throughout the film yeah. and it's just something that's uh a lot more layered i think than might be readily apparent to people 
Thank you so much. Yeah, I was definitely trying to stay in the uncanny valley of that kind of like hyper enthusiastic um, feminine social performance. Mm -hmm. And definitely like I like I wasn't trying to lean into it too much, but I like getting to experience that lag of like, why did the person do the thing? What am I feeling? How do I I be person? Yeah, that, that right. how do I be person? That's perfect. That, that sums that up. Yeah, Beautiful. I feel like I relate to Rebecca in that way a little bit. <laughs> like sometimes there's a lag. <laughs> well, it, it, I mean, I think we all have that right now. Coming out of the last two years, there is a, we all have that element of okay, oh how do we do this again? How am I supposed to be around people not on a Zoom call? So yeah, I think that we all have a little <laughs> bit of that at this point. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of what's resonant about the movie is like, like, here's like, how, how can you even not, how can you not be a psychopath on the internet? And then like, <laughs> how is it really different to be a, a YouTube personality versus a psychopath? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's, um, there's mirrors here where you do see um, ambition on one side that is very mm-hmm. dehumanized dehumanizing and it's not it can lead you away from the emotional reality of a situation where it's just creating the facade of this and i think that there's parallels on both sides between this vlogging couple and yourself and it's one of the things i really loved about this um but specifically though there was another like two moments in the film that i absolutely loved and i wish we could have gone further into them because there i think there's a whole movie of you and Barbara Crampton um, that could have existed. (laughs) And I loved the interplay between the two of you. Could you just talk a little bit about working with Barbara? That was, it was a, it was um, an honor to work with Barbara technically again, because, um, but not really. I was in a Halloween anthology. And so we did a a Comic-Con panel together once. (laughs) We didn't actually work together before, but I was, I mean, a part of it was like, he was like, here I am with this living legend and I have to during a pandemic like scream in her face like, <laughs> like really aware of it on that level but no playing with Barbara was so fun Barbara was so willing to get all bloody and dirty on like the cold like mountain it was like such a treat that was just one day we only had one day with Barbara oh wow um yeah it's you can kind of feel I mean, was too. yeah uh, okay you can feel the the shadow of that throughout and this I mean this is one of those films that if I have no idea how long this took to make it, it could have been something I wouldn't be shocked to find out you guys did this in 10 days. You could have done it in 40 days um, where it, you don't, it doesn't feel small um, due to Mm -hmm. budgetary limitations. It doesn't feel small due to pandemic restrictions. It just feels like this was the right way to tell this particular story. Yeah, it's, it's definitely super intimate in a way that like a movie that is challenging safety in the domestic sphere should feel intimate in that way. And that definitely felt really intimate because it was, it was um, so few people on set. And I think that it was nice to be able to shoot in that environment as well. Oh, I, I could, I could only imagine and just anything where we're getting to get out and have some sense of normalcy in the middle of everything that's going on. That has to be just a reprieve on its own. Um, But you you have, and I know we're getting close on time here, but we have, um, I have a deep love of musical theater and I know that's your background and it's something I don't get to talk to fellow um, theater nerds very often, even doing this. I'm shocked by the number of people who don't have that appreciation for it. I'm wondering what will be the show you go to when the world's back to normal and you can be comfortable again? Is there one that you would have on your list? 
six. I was supposed to see six at the end of Fuck. March 2020. I had tickets to six. <laughs> I am obsessed with it. Like I, lo- I, I like, I love history musicals. Like I love 1776. I couldn't believe when Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson came out. Mm-hmm. When Lynn started writing Hamilton, my head exploded. And then there's one about the fucking wives of Henry VIII, which is the part of history I'm most morbidly fascinated <laughs> by. I'm obsessed with six. <laughs> now, okay, uh, do you? Are you the type of person that I am this kind of idiot where I have to – I won't listen to the soundtrack, the original score, or the cast music until I go see it live, and then afterwards I can listen to it. But do you hold off on that, or is that something that you will allow yourself to be exposed to that ahead of time? There's there's pros and cons. Like, um, there's – like, I think if I hadn't known every word to Hamilton myself, I would have missed so much. Oh, for sure. Um I don't know. There's, there's definitely like the joy of seeing something the soundtrack hasn't come out to yet. But then I don't know. Really, the thing that I hate is when you see a show and the soundtrack isn't available yet, <laughs> and it wasn't available for purchase on like at, on vinyl at the store or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the soundtrack isn't out, and you saw the show, and then you can't listen to it. That's insane. <laughs> I hate that. Yes, absolutely. You know, there's pros and cons of going in fresh or knowing every word. It, it, I really hate when I can't listen to the soundtrack yet. I, oh, no, I'm 100% there with you, and I feel like it's almost like you need to see any show twice just so that you can go back into yes. it and actually have – you don't miss all the words. And, you know, if you go see opera, they have the, the surtitles on, you know, that they'll project mm-hmm. up so that you can understand it. You know, there's some things like Hamilton that are so dense that I think you could have the, the subtitles or the surtitles on there to assist you with that because you're going to miss so yeah. much when you do that. I but. definitely need to rewatch Encanto. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, well, as a father of an 11-year-old and a 6-year-old, there's no end to the number of times that I will watch anything on uh, Disney+. Plus. So that just is forced upon me. It's not, never a choice when it comes to those. Yeah. But um, I, I, I loved Superhost, and I think you're phenomenal in this movie. Um, it's one of, I, I wish that genre films would get the recognition that they deserve for performances. Cause really um, two of my favorite performances last year, oddly enough, were Jacob's wife with Barbara Crampton and yourself and Superhost, mm-hmm. where these two, I think people that aren't even a fan of genre films, they would enjoy seeing the work that you're doing here. Because if you just like watching actors act, I think you could find a lot mm-hmm. to enjoy in both those films. Thank you so much. Oh, you're, you're more than welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I appreciate it. It was really nice to speak with you. It was really nice to speak with you. Thank you, Christopher. All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope.
Boys crack.